I'm content creator Mary Barnett, also known as Mobile Mary. I'm the founder of Another Brilliant Idea, and I'm dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs grow their business with digital marketing and communication tools, tips, and resources that empower them to be bold and stand in their brilliance on my globally recognized show, Brilliant Marketing with Mary. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brilliant Marketing with Mary show. I'm so excited that you're here today, and I'm so excited about the topic we're going to be talking today about. I have a dear friend and vendor, because I'm so proud to be able to work with her, um, and we're going to be talking about how to... How, how to use copywriting like a human. Is that the title we came up with? <laughs> because I think a lot of times we're all talking about AI right now, chat GPT, Jasper, all those things. And I think that um, it's easy to, to think, oh, there must be an easier way. But I think it's really important that we stick with humans. <laughs> I mean, I love technology like everyone else, but uh, there's sometimes it comes a time when you need someone who can just hear you and to kind of percolate on your information and then craft it in a way that other humans would be attracted to it, right? And so I think it's important that sometimes we keep the foundations and I'm just absolutely thrilled um, to have um, Lacey as my guest today. I'm gonna be introducing her, uh, but before we get started, um, again, if you are watching this uh, when this show drops, I would love for you to comment uh, in the comments and ask any questions because we always circle back and answer your questions. If anything resonates with you, um, put it like a hashtag nugget, right? Like if you learned a, an interesting nugget and share with the class, right? Put things that you've learned or things that you might want to remember later because it also helps people who are watching it in the future and they see, oh, that is a great idea. I love that. And as I would say, you know, my thing is, that's a brilliant idea, right? <laughs> and so it's important that we um, share that out. And if this uh, show and this topic um, is interesting to you and you know some people maybe in your community, that it would be interesting to them as well. I would love for you to sprinkle it amongst your community um, because I think that we all empower each other. This is a superstar women entrepreneur network, and we're all about rising tides lifts all boats. So if you have something that you think someone in your community um, could be helped by, we would love that. And also share resources with us. We are always looking um, for new guests and new resources that we can share within our community. So um, without further ado, let further ado, let me introduce my amazing guest. I'm Again, I've only known her a short time. We have a mutual friend who referred me to her. And I am absolutely blown away at this woman's brilliance. I'm not saying that lightly. This woman is absolutely brilliant. And the way she synthesizes information, like I use her as my copywriter as a, on our team for another brilliant idea. And I get information from our client. We work together with her and she just pulls these brilliant nuggets, even things that my clients are like, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. Um, and so I just literally, and I know she's in the green room, she's probably blushing right now, but it's so true. She's so, so brilliant that I'm honored that she's on my team. So let me read this a little, little bit about her to you because you might not know her. She is getting quite world famous. So I, I actually hesitated sharing her with you because, you know, she might not have time for me anymore. 
because I think she's so amazing. All right. So Lacey is a creative copywriter with over 13 years of experience helping seven and eight figure personal brands strategically expand their market reach and establish raving followers. Um, as a vetted copywriter by trade and a learner by nature, Lacey uniquely combines proven copyrighted best practices with emotionally driven messaging. Oh, I love that because it's so true. And a data-driven approach to craft copy that not only compels action, but sells out high ticket offers. Wow. Without further ado, introducing to Lacey Simmons. There she is. Hello. Thank Yay. you for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're, you know, writing the world's copy. So um, I appreciate that. Um, all right. So let me put your name up here so everybody knows who you are. And I have some contact information as well. Um, but we were um, talking a little bit about the show. We always share like a brilliant marketing tip, right? Mm -hmm. As we get started. And so um, this was one that you had shared. And I would love for you to expand on this just a little bit. So your brilliant marketing tip is to check your inbox for email subject lines that grab your attention, right? If you're the client. Um, so expand on this a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, when I work with my clients, one of the things that I remind them of is if we think about even the amount of emails we're getting now versus in 2019. And so there are statistics that say like the number of emails that we're getting marketing wise has quadrupled um, almost over every six months. And so if you do that math from 2020 to now, you know, everybody had to go online. And for a lot of people, there wasn't that in person, that phone call anymore. And so we end up creating this war for the inbox. And so what ends up happening, and I think <laughs> you felt that crunch too, right? Like we need to be sending emails. And so- right. What happens though, is those emails then start to take a transactional feel. And the yeah. thing that typically suffers is the subject line. Um, generally it's the first thing that you write before you write the body of the copy, or it's the last thing you write after you write it. But either way, there's a lot of, it's more felt like an afterthought. And so I always encourage my clients, just keep a running tally of what emails you've been opening because oh. there's something in those email lines that are capturing your attention that you could use when you're writing to your clients. Because if it's not something that you would click on, we don't want to assume that our clients would, or, you know, our prospects or our ideal customers would click on that too. So, right. So kind of like a swipe file, keep a swipe file. Exactly. And the interesting okay. thing I find when, um, if I were to even ask you, like, what are the last five subject lines you clicked on? It tells us a lot about our interests and it tells us a lot about what we're looking for. And it's just a great exercise that I do with my clients to remind them that their customers are people, which sounds funny to say, but their customers are people that don't live in a vacuum, that have interests. And so to really find ways to build that emotional connection in the subject line and not wait to do it into the email, because if they don't click, they're not going to read the amazing copy you've written anyway. Exactly. And on that note, I've heard something about there's like, I don't know if there's a title um, and I'm sorry, that's covering your face. Oh, no, you're fine. Is that good? So. Okay. Yeah. I was realizing I'm like, oh, I'm not covering your face. Um, but I want everybody to know who you are. Um, there was something, somebody said there was like a magic nine word email. Have you heard about that? I haven't, but I've heard that the magic number in terms of words in an email is 111, which is like such a very specific <laughs> thing to say. But one, one, one. <laughs> yeah, but I was told in 111 words is not a lot of words when you think, when you actually write it out, it's about three sentences. Okay. And the idea is that, our attention span has now shrunken to about three seconds, first of all, and then about 45 seconds on any technical task. So if you think about having to find your password to log in, 
if you're anything like me, I'm going to try a couple times. If I don't remember it, I'm going to move on. Right. And so the 111 words is the amount of time it takes to read something in about 35 to 45 seconds. Okay. And that's typically enough to capture someone's attention and get them to take action. That it's is just hot. writing concise, short copy is very hard. It is. It is. And we own tech software, right? And so 160 characters, I know Twitter is like now more, but that was like the size of a Twitter feed, right? Um, but it is. it is. It's a challenge to make sure everything is concise so they will want to take action with 160 characters. And it's really just a short sentence, right? You can put links in and all the different things, which is great. Right. Um, but yeah, that is a, a key thing. The nine uh, word email, I think, was like, have you heard about the this thing that happened or something like, uh -huh. like something really short just to kind of revive or mm -hmm. inspire people to go oh what's that you know exactly. like getting them to now is that, is that a thing like getting people to lean in yeah and so it, it's definitely an art because you don't want it to feel gimmicky because it can start to feel gimmicky or like or like a bait and switch right so we're in this space of like people want short copy but have it be value driven and curiosity building, which is a lot to do in a short period of time. <laughs> but I find that that's really where the subject line can shine. So it could be something in the subject line, like, um, have you seen what happened? Dot, dot, dot. Where actually I'm finding success in incomplete subject lines where now Ooh. it's like enough to seed the idea, but then people are like, well, what, what do you mean? What happened? What, 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 what or I've even done one where it said, make sure to watch this on Friday at dot, dot, dot. So then that was like, what's the conclusion to that? And so, you know, from the human mind, we like to find closure in things. And so when we have incomplete things that build curiosity, we now want to click to just create that closure. Right. So I like that. So the dot, 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 I don't know. Did you ever see the movie M uh, Mama Mia? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that song? Dot, yeah. dot, dot. <laughs> That's what you just made me think of. <laughs> yeah. So incomplete sentences. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because then people, you know, intriguingly want to click to to get that payoff of, you know, it's a cliffhanger. Right. Ooh, I kind of, I like that. I'm, I'm documenting this so people can refer <laughs> to it when they um, write it. But at the same time, like you said, you don't want to be a jerk about it. You know, yeah. like, gotcha. You know, because yeah. then people will stop opening your emails at all, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, and I what I find with like the income, there's two ways with that curiosity building, it could even be curiosity of like, they're missing out on something. But it could also even be about speaking to who their human existence. So I did an email last week that actually got an 80% open rate, which was unheard of for this particular client. And literally, 80, the subject, wait a minute, the subject 80% 80 open rate. Exactly. This 25 is good. I did. It was 80%. And it was sent to about 90,000 people. So 80% of 90,000 is a large number of people and the subject line just said you're not alone that's it you're not alone Ooh. and so this particular client um they do weight loss and so the more that i studied how their person was opening emails and what emails they were reading and where they were clicking what i was starting to realize and i think for any of us that have been on a weight loss journey especially for me post baby you do feel like either you're making mistakes you're not doing enough you're not consistent but you get into this space of overwhelm and so I was like, I want to try this because if I sat in that space of who that person is, who they're trying to attract and just that subject line alone of no, no personalization to it, but just speaking to obviously what they were feeling, you're not alone. And then the preview text said, I know it can feel that way. Ooh. That was it. And so the email 
was just a, well, a heartfelt email from their nutritionist that just was like, you know, I know you made a decision to create this goal weight and that was a very powerful decision to make. And I know that you might not feel encouraged in this process, especially if it feels slow, but we're always here to help. Just, you know, and it's that idea of oh. curiosity is great, but we also do want to speak to where they are as a human being too. Right. I was going to say copyright like a human. I think that's really cool because like you said, you kind of sat with it. Like what would that person be feeling mm -hmm. in the moment and how, you know, how to attract what would be relatable to them. Right. Exactly. I, I love that. That is really cool. And then you just mentioned something that I actually was going to ask you about personalization. Mm -hmm. How does that where I know you probably do like AB testing and things is personalizing in your subject line good or is it not so good? Yeah. So I do a lot of email, like there's a couple different apps. One of them is called OmniSend where you can test your subject lines and it gives okay. you like a percentage of how likely it is to be opened. Um, for personalization, oddly enough, the best subject line, especially for me in 2022, was the subject line that just had the person's first name, nothing else. So it would have just said Lacey. That's it. So it wasn't Lacey, check this out or Lacey, get 50% off. It just had my name. That's it. And that subject line consistently, test after test, beat whatever the control was. Can't really know why. I think it might just be that idea of it's personalization, but it's also an open hook because it's like, Lacey, what? What am I? What am I missing? Am I, Something? Am I in trouble? <laughs> exactly. And I think also, too, it like um, it starts to feel like when you just see your name in the subject line, that maybe it is from an actual person that you know, so you're more likely to click. But hands down, like it, it always be any single test. So that's one interesting part about personalization. I tend to lean more into personalization for the preview text. Um, so let the subject oh. line kind of do its thing. And then the preview text I always say is like the whisper in your ear of like, no, you do want to open this. And so using the, the personalization in the preview text and then sprinkling personalization throughout the body of the email. Cause a lot of times we'll, we'll just lead with it in the greeting. Um, but where I really find that it shines is finding ways to organically weave it into the body so that it feels more like a conversation. I love that. And I love the fact that you're saying it's like a whisper in their ear, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Want to buy a watch? 50% off. Yeah. Tell anybody. Exactly. It's that, it's that new like um ASMR. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> My son is so into that. He makes me watch them at night. And some of them are pretty good, I have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter is an artist and um she didn't mean to do this, but she started getting a request. So she has like a paint palette. And, you know, when it would get filled with paint, it would dry, whatever. She'd have to clean them out. So she, for some reason, was videotaping herself, like plucking them out of the, like, you know, circle, right? So it was, and it was going, uh. like, and she, I guess she was doing with some kind of rhythm just because one after another. And I guess she got all these messages saying, can you make more ASMR videos like that? Yes. I'm like, it's kind of creepy. I don't it know. Is, it is. It is. And it's funny because they'll hit on the most randomest things. And, but that's a good, that's a good kind of lesson to even with copywriting of like, how do you tap into those random interests sometimes and spark those random uh, curiosities that our, that our customers have that I think sometimes we overlook. Right. Now we've been talking all about email, but you don't write just email. You have helped me with our clients with landing pages and mm -hmm. with, 
um, website copy and other things. So tell me, what do you enjoy copywriting the most? You've even ghostwrited, right? For people's books and things. Yeah, I've written people's books. I think for me, the process that I love the most is like geeking out on the research piece. So I really do enjoy working with a new client or even a client that wants to pivot to a different kind of segment and just studying that person. So I'll go and I'll mm. look at articles. And when I look at articles, I'm not really looking at the content of the articles. I'm looking at the comments or I'm reading comments on YouTube videos because I'm wanting to see what is that person thinking? How are they sharing their perspective with the world? And for me, that's actually what drew me into copywriting is I came from a research background and I just always found it fascinating of just trying to, how, how meticulously can I study someone and then try to figure out how to connect with them through words when they don't even know who I am. Wow. That's cool. You're kind of like a CSI for exactly. copywriting. Exactly. Ooh, that could be a title of a new program for you. It copywriting is. CSI. That's what I, that's what, that was my uh, email address in college, CSI 3943. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to be a forensic. I wanted to be a medical examiner, believe it or not. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Over. We're on the same wavelength. I love that. That's so cool. Okay. So this kind of brings me, but you didn't really say what kind of thing you like the best. Like, do you like, cause you also have done like a script or something. I think you shared. Yeah, I've done screenplay. So I was a Sesame street fellow. And part of that process was like, what? what, what? <laughs> yeah. What's a Sesame street fellow. So, um, so every year Sesame, uh, Sesame street, like the actual production company, yeah. they, um, bring on board 10, uh, actually eight fellows. So out of thousands of applications that get submitted, they select eight people and they mentor you through the process of creating like a script for an animated children's show. Um, and so wow. I applied, I applied in 2018, made it to the finals, but didn't get selected. I applied again in 2018. I'm gonna say 2018 I applied, got to the finals. 2019 I applied, got to the semifinals. And 2020 I finally got selected. Now the thing about this story that I have to, I do have to kind of pat myself on the back is on 2018 I had never written a screenplay before, and oh. the screenplay that I wrote I wrote in 45 minutes, um, <laughs> and it got me to the finals. So even when they did accept me as a fellow. Um, I remember kept like you talk about imposter syndrome kicking in. I'm like, these people have degrees in theater. They've they've done like they live, breathe entertainment and acting. And I'm just a copywriter. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was an interesting process. It was. Um, say jazz. Yeah, it was a three month mentorship. And they teach you how to do the ins and outs of writing um, a 12 minute animated screenplay. Um, and then they select one person out of the eight to then actually produce your screenplay. So they didn't select my screenplay, but in the midst of that, um, they did share my scripts with other people in the network or the industry. And I do actually have two upcoming episodes coming out on PBS probably next year. Oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> that is I do. so great. Yeah, I'll be super excited oh. to see it. It's for an animated kids show about science. So. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. Wow. Gosh, I grew up with Sesame Street. And of course mm -hmm. my kids grew up with Sesame Street. And then when you watch all those different shows and um, you can pour so much into the future, right? The kids, the future, because exactly. those shows are anchored into their, mm -hmm. I guess they call that now core memories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a name for that one. <laughs> That's a core memory. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, but it's like, I mean, seriously, like lessons I learned from, you know, Mr. Rogers and mm -hmm. Sesame Street and mm -hmm. 
all those shows, like it was so, and then watching them with my kids, I think it's interesting how they now have to make the shows interesting for adults as well as kids exactly. because they know if it's mind-numbingly stupid, the parents will not put it on because they don't exactly. want their kid, you know, even though the kid begs for it, they're like, no, kid, exactly. I'm in the same room with you and it will blow my brain. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> so yeah. it has to be very intelligently written is what I'm mm -hmm. trying to say. Mm -hmm. We got, you know, to be, to be gotten, that's not a word, <laughs> to be to have them get you as a, exactly. a child, child and the adult, you know, like, yeah, you, know, you got to find those themes that are, that are, that are deep enough that can be scaffolded. Like you said, they can really talk to the adult and even sometimes to nostalgically talk to the adult. Cause that's, yeah. cause that, that's the take that I took on my two episodes is it's going back to like a childhood tradition of double Dutch. Um, and it's, but then <laughs> it's bringing it kind of the new age of how does that look for a seven-year-old child who, doesn't know what that means. Um, yeah. Well, so, you'll probably bring it back. Well, there you go. And but yeah, that's outside and that's the to play, right? Because you can't play double dutch in the house. Right. You have to go outside and play, right? I mean, yep. double dutch is. Exactly. Oh my gosh, you could save America. Oh, you <laughs> single handedly is going to reduce obesity in our children and make the world a better place. Thank you very bring much. It, bringing back the 90s. So we will see. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the 90s. That's right. That's when mm -hmm. I grew up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So I wanted, uh, I asked you for a brilliant marketing share. Yes. And so this uh, share actually brings up another question for me, but you said sure. copywriting is one of the few high earning industries that does not require a degree, license, or specific training. And that's a very good and very true statement. But I seem to remember that you have more than one degree. Can you share a little bit about that and what you would do different maybe, or maybe what you would do going forward? Yeah, actually, if I did it, I saw I answered your questions in reverse. If I did it again, I wouldn't have gone to college. Okay. <laughs> um, but my- I have, You don't like college debt? Come on, girl. Yeah, I, I know. It's a tear on your chest. <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting because it like, I do look back on the educational journey that I've taken and I can see where bits and pieces of it have informed one, the way that I look at the world and two, how I approach copy. Um, sure. But it's interesting that you said CSI. So when I was in high school, uh, that would the show it just come out for the first time. And I was oh. obsessed with CSI. So I have a, my undergrad degree is actually in forensic science and chemistry. So oh. I had all hopes of becoming a medical examiner. Okay. And then, and then when I You're hit not smart at all, what the heck? <laughs> what? And then when I hit junior year, I remember like going through the whole medical school process and applying for that. And I realized that as a pathologist, you actually go to school longer than the average doctor because you have to be able to diagnose why someone died. Oh, yeah. So I would have been even at 21 graduating from college. I still had like 12 more years of school left. And I remember just saying, like, if I don't make it all the way through those 12 years, it would have been a waste. Like if I get to 10 years and decide that I wouldn't do anymore, like would I, I don't have anything to show for it. So I decided actually not to pursue the forensic science piece, but then okay. I had to really get deep on why did I even want to do that to begin with? And it was to give the voice to avoid to the voiceless was really what I was looking to do by doing that. So I was like, of course there's wow. other ways to do that. Yeah. Um, so I ended up tutoring, but in the midst of that, I decided to go and get a master's degree in business. So I have an MBA. And in the midst of doing that, I was like, oh, I really enjoyed starting making curriculum and, and courses for different, for kids, for adults. Um, and so I decided to go back to school again. And I have a master's in instructional design. 
And then in the midst of life, I'm like, oh, I really do kind of like this educational route. And I see so many things that I want to change with the educational system. So I started a doctorate in educational leadership. And technically, the only thing that I have left is the actual dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You don't need it, but what? The, that'd be awesome to be Dr. Simmons. It would be. It would I be. mean, just for like all of your future books written by Dr. Simmons. True. Right. And I hear you can cut through lines saying, excuse me, doctor. Exactly. <laughs> or like when you're on the phone. In fact, a friend of mine is a doctor of, um, well, she's like a professor in college, so, but mm -hmm. so I don't know if, I think it's a PhD. It could be something mm -hmm. else. But anyways, but she'll say, hi, this is Dr. Carrie Perry. In fact, if mm -hmm. you're listening to Carrie, Carrie Perry, I'm promoting you. <laughs> anyways, and she'll like, my husband is needs this or whatever. And they're like, oh, doctor, of course. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And they brought her right in like her husband was sick and she got right. Because yeah, she like, she never even asked what kind of doctor she exactly. was. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wow. Okay, so if you're watching this, and this girl is smart, <laughs> and that's what you want, right? You want a copywriter that will be able to assimilate mm -hmm. and research and and go dive deep, so you can like seriously. The client that we're working on together is so grateful to you because I have. I mean, I've asked her more questions, I think, than anyone in her life has asked her because I'm always like, oh, what about this? What about, you know, because I've got this like um, natural curiosity. I'm always, <laughs> I'm that person that's in the grocery store line. I just happen to ask, like, how are you? And I literally, the person next to me will tell you me their it. entire life uh -huh. story because I'm actually interested. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going, whatever, I got to go. No, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, tell me more. Like, <laughs> that's so interesting. And so, I gave you like, I dumped all this information on you and you literally, you know, absorbed it all and then came back with these really amazing suggestions and ideas and copywriting part. Oh my gosh. It was so anyways, I'm just thanking you publicly for oh, that, thank you. that gift. Right. Um, but I was going to ask you when you talked about CSI coming out, did you ever mm -hmm. see, I think it was only on maybe one or two seasons, but you can find it, but it, it's called lie to me. Have you ever seen hmm. that show? It sounds familiar. Was okay, that like where they were trying to figure out if people were lying? Yes. So mm -hmm. I, I think it just might be one season. It just breaks my heart when there's such a good show and it's only one season, like, like 1600 pen. It was like yes. a comedy. You know, that was so good. One season. Really? And there's another one called better off Ted. It was about corporate. Mm. It was just, and it was a comedy. It was so funny. One season gone. Yeah. Anyways, but lie to me. It was all about studying the face in how just like a smirk or a frown or an eye or a twitch. Mm. And they would they would interview people like in this big glass room and they had cameras or whatever so they could zoom up on their faces. And then they would like talk about like, in oh, <laughs> this person did this. So if you like this kind of stuff, oh, my gosh, Lacey. I have to look it up. Look it up because it's so good. Oh, my gosh. When we were watching it, I remember like. Oh, that person looked down when they they looked oh, at yeah. right. They looked over <laughs> there, and my husband was like, you know, <laughs> calm down. You know, just like when we we're watching Yellowstone, mm. we got a little crazy because you know mm -hmm. you get an attitude when you're watching that. Like Beth, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get a little aggressive. Anyways, but I encourage you to watch. Totally off topic, but no worries. <laughs>
<laughs> Anyways, listen, we're coming up on 30 minutes, so I will let you go. I know you're a busy um, mom of two, and um, I know you're very busy with all of your clients as well, so I will let you go. But thank you so much for joining me today um, and sharing why you need a human to write your copy. And oh, I forgot to put this up. So if anyone is looking to get a hold of Lacey, um, again, I'm first. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I want you to be blessed with so much prosperity because you're so deserving. Um, if you need to get a hold of her, Simmons at gmail.com is the way to uh, send her an email. And you could just, you know, see if she has time for you. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're at the end of the show. Again, everyone, uh, I have the Brilliant Marketing with Mary every Thursday at, at 1230 Pacific. <laughs> Look forward to the sh uh, show dropping, um, Lacey, because I think people will definitely be blessed by it. Um, and until then, thank you again for joining us today. And I'll look forward to uh, more guests and, and sharing this with the world um, when, like I said, when we drop it. So thank you again. I'm going to put you off and then we're ending the show. And um, thanks again for being my guest. For sure. <laughs> and here we go. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast.